Before we get started, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hello and welcome to Off the Wagon. We are back for another edition of Thunder Talk, and it's been a while, but Jameson, there's only one way to start this podcast. Just got to crack open a nice beer because this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, we thought we were in a low, low place whenever we lost to Toronto in overtime, and then we won, and then we got even lower whenever we lost last night to Memphis. You said on your Twitter that was top five loss of the season. I think you're nuts for that take. That is the absolute worst. Well, I was saying, like, overall. Of, like, Thunder in their 11 years? Yes, of all of our 11 years, I can't, I cannot think of a moment. I mean, I can think of, there are probably some if I really looked, but I can't think of a moment where the Thunder desperately really needed a win like that and then just laid, just, a, just the, the degree of egg we laid, who we were playing, and how many people were injured. That just, it's one of the most appalling losses we've ever had. Okay, so top five, that's fair. Excluding playoffs, too, because, I mean, that's just excruciating, getting eliminating. Exactly. But, but I mean, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's there. there's five points to why this is by far, like, the worst loss of the season um, and could be even put up as the worst loss in Thunder history because this whole disappointing not bringing out energy has been a theme as of the past couple years. So, number one... I'm, I, this is the worst team we faced with a loss, and we weren't even close. It, it started off with an extreme large run, and then we fought back, and then they hit another huge run at, after halftime. I mean, yeah, that the thing is, it looked like they woke up, and then they went back to bed. Yes. It's ridiculous. It, it's, I mean, I'm not the one to blame Billy or anything, because, I mean, I don't, that's number two. I think Billy's sad comments after the game made this loss even worse because he tried to. He was like, "Yeah, it's a little bit of my fault." And he just, he's the hedge master and things. He's like, he's like, <laughs> um, and you know, this is the same team that beat Houston. They beat Houston here. They beat Utah here. No, this, they they beat Portland here. They no, that is Mike Conley that's playing. This is not the team. Tyler Dorsey was not the starting point guard. No, uh, on those teams that won. So I don't want to hear that. And he tried to like kind of say I'm to blame, the players to blame. What that actually means is I didn't pump up everybody because I can't pump up people. That's just not my style. And my team can't pump up themselves. So we're in a predicament. I mean, he looked like a defeated man completely all the way through. It was just it was it was kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, pe- people. People that like, oh, Billy needs to get him riled up. I, that's not NBA. It's an eight <laughs> no. game. This isn't college. But there are coaches like that. There's absolutely coaches like that. Billy is just an analytical, looks at the lineups, figures out the numbers, and works it from there. And he relies on his players to therefore come into a game ready. And that's just not what's it's not what's been happening since the All Star break. And you can't blame Billy for that because these are grown men. These are grown, exactly. You can't tell grown men, hey, get to it. You tell college kids, because they're kids. College people, are they're not grown men yet. You're right. I mean, these are adults who are, like, they're professionals, and they don't enter every game professionally at all. In fact, they, the fact is we have such an awful habit of getting into games, getting down, and then be like, oh, it's going to be fine because we're going to hit threes at the end, and we're going to catch up and win the game. And, well, hey, here's the thing. That doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes shots go out. Sometimes you just – you can't play like this and expect to win. you gotta, you got to keep a consistent, hard-nosed effort. And the Thunder just, just don't bring that into games that they should win. Because they – I don't know. I, 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 think, I think it starts with this just kind of relaxed, laissez-faire culture we have. And it just – I just I – don't, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the, the whole thing at all, really. Yeah, I mean – if, there, if this was just kind of like something that happened, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, we lose this game and it's a really embarrassing loss, that's one thing. You could just say Memphis players came out with fire and they're all pulled up from the G League and they had something to prove and they were just hitting their shots. Bring up the Buffalo's not going to score 20 plus points on your average night. But this is a reoccurring event that has happened many instances like this, but nothing this bad. So there's obviously a trend that we can attribute this to, and it's not a fluke. Exactly, and 
the, let's, I, I'm about to go off on Bruno Caboclo. He, I got this stat from Antonio Daniels last night. He scored double digits five times this season, three of which against the Thunder. That's yeah. ridiculous. That, that's just how it happens. I mean, we've talked about it before. There's Thunder Killers. People just, I'm sure if you really were like another big fan of a team and you watch, there's probably other players that go off specifically versus like the Memphis and specifically versus Houston, you know? But as the Thunder, it's just like it, it, you're stunned whenever you see scrubs go off over and over and over versus you and they don't do anything for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I just kind of wish we had a scrub who would go off against, like, I don't know. We, we need a Warriors scrub who just tears oh. apart the Warriors, something like that. But the problem is, well, well-run well organizations don't let that stuff happen. It's exactly right. I mean, we don't, we're not a team that has scrubs to go out and make big um, plays and everything. Our best bet is, like, a Deontay Burton or, like, a Nader. But, I mean, I mean, talking on that, I mean, we're a very top-heavy team. And I understand that whenever you're trying to place um, blame on people, the first people you're going to look at is Russ and PG. If you saw after the game in Russ's interview, he was taking fault for it. And um, here's what I say. You can talk after the game um, and say it's my fault and everything. Whatever happens over and over again, you're just insane if you're not fixing it. And I've been harping on this the whole time on this pod. This dude has got ADD. Please, like, post to, like, off the wagon um, Twitter that video I DM'd you of the first Mm -hmm. play. The first play, he's in no man's land, just sitting there. And then he realizes man made a cut backdoor three seconds later and completely just wide open out the door. That is the same as making a layup or a contested shot on the other end is just completely letting another um, person score, you know. Exactly. Minus two, preventing someone from stopping to make that shot is the same as making a shot. Well, it's a style of defense that makes me furious whenever people point to Westbrook's steal totals as, oh, he's a good defender because he gets all these steals. He's a bad defender because he hawks for steals all the time. And playing like that is exactly why he gets burnt all the time. He is a good defender, and I don't think it is the hawking for steals. I don't think he's like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to spy this. I think legitimately sometimes he's just in this zone in his head where he just gets lost. I really do because I see it so much where it's just he's standing there, he's just playing in his gap, and all of a sudden someone cuts, and he doesn't even comprehend it for a couple seconds after. That's not, that's not the same as overplaying a passing lane. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's not like he's overplaying it, but it just – it just seems like he's not playing as up on his man as he should. Because, I mean, Russ, in the Toronto game we won at Toronto, you can't try to convince me that he wasn't a good defender in that game. He was, oh, he was. He played awesome, and he was the reason we won that game. He did not shoot that well from the floor, but he played awesome defense. It, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I think Russ is a good defender when he absolutely tries. But pointing to steals as like the main reason why he is, I think, is a flawed argument. It's 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 one of those numbers thing where you just go straight to the numbers and you think you can figure out the whole story. Yeah, that exactly. One of the many many sports, almost all the sports, where you cannot do that. You just got to watch tape, and whenever you watch the tape on Russell overall, that's whenever you learn a lot about his defensive identity and why. We could be such a great defensive team some nights, and then the other nights were just flops. Yeah, it's it makes sense. It really does. But um, yeah, no. So I think I think this is about as rock bottom as it gets for the team. Oh, yeah. and, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and then after the game, whenever I see everyone taking the faults, this is my reason number four of why I think this is the worst loss of the season by far. Is does this actually bother them? Like, does this irk them so much to where, like, they have a sick feeling in their stomach that they're going to come out tomorrow night versus Indiana and blow out? Because that's what competitors do, no matter how long that season is. I understand uh, Russ is on – he just posted an Instagram story of him booping his son's nose. He seems happy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he wouldn't have done that if he was hurt. I was really scared he, like, broke his collarbone or something, worst-case scenario. But Russ, Oh, yeah, that was terrifying. He whines so much that you can't take it into account and everything. Especially, like, whenever he rolled his ankle this year, you know, and he slammed the ground. I'll never forget that moment because it happened right in front of me. 
And the slamming of his hand on the ground, I was like, dude, this guy's done. He's done for the season. We're, we're screwed. Yeah, it, it looked like when he slammed his hand on the, uh, you know, on the scores table after the Beverly injury. Yeah, and that and that's just kind of PTSD. But it ended up being like a grade one or two sprain. Like, it like it caught me off so off guard. So like that's that's why I didn't really worry too much a day about that injury. And nothing just came out about it. No news is very good news for the Thunder. Take one positive thing out of that game. Actually, two. Two positive things is Russ, I don't think, is hurt. And two, Dennis Schroeder played well. <laughs> That's it. Schroeder has been carrying us for set for a couple games. There are times where nothing's going offensively and Schroeder is the only thing that works, which right. I think is it's, it's, it's a blessing. But honestly, it, it, you shouldn't be having to rely on Dennis Schroeder. I love Dennis Schroeder. I think he's a, like a great addition. Uh, we'll get, in, get into this a little later on uh, third best player on the team. But – I think he's I think he's one of the most impactful additions to this team and why I think they'll probably I think they can be a success in the playoffs because having that additional uh, ball handler is just I mean it's crucial it's something we haven't had since Jackson. Yes, it increases the pace but the one thing that you say is if we do have bad nights from our stars he is a guy that can take over. We don't really have another guy that can take over to that point. Jeremy Grant can score a lot of points, but he's not. He can't be the focal point of an offense. He doesn't have that repertoire. Now, why the argument that'll be really fun to hear later is who's better? Because being a role player in the NBA is very, very powerful, and I think if you can play your role perfectly, that makes you really good. But Dennis has that I can be the number one guy and I can do everything, and I can go out shoot fifty percent from three in a game, make my floater, throw my lobs. I mean, he's what we've been missing for a while. Yeah, exactly. And but but the thing about Dennis to me, he's more like he's more like a little Dutch boy sticking his finger, you know, into the dike to make sure it doesn't flood, rather yeah. than <laughs> like the main guy. You know, you, you can't rely on Dennis, if you, everyone else is having a bad night, you can't rely on Dennis Schroeder to be the guy who keeps you afloat and close the game out. So yeah, I I feel like out of the Stephen, Paul, Russell, and Dennis. At least you need two of them to have a good game to win. And that's just yeah. how good teams work where your four best players do at least half of them need to do well, unless you have like a Clay Thompson game where he goes off, you know? Exactly, like, yeah. That's your only case. And it, moving on, just last thing why I think this is excruciating loss is you know how pivotal it is now that we need to play Portland in the playoffs and have that five seed. Nurkic yep. is out. We, if you guys watch when Nurkic got ejected from that por- at Portland game and how much we worked that team with Ennis Cantor at the center, they are going to be so vulnerable to our style of offense without Nurkic that I don't think they've got any shot. I don't think they've got any shot versus almost anyone. I think maybe the Clippers, but other than that, in the playoffs, they are like the desirable team. So we are Portland fans. <laughs> we want them to win and stay in that four. We yep. really do. And yeah, cheer for Houston too, because screw it, give Houston the three and then tank, and they'll bench everybody. I don't know how good this is for us that they don't play anyone good, but in theory, you think if they didn't play James Harden and Capella and Gordon in that second to last game of the season, it would help us. Yeah, it, it really has changed a bit when you think about those last two games, because you see, you used to see you know Rockets and then Bucks, and you know be like, oh, that's a tough way to end it. But really, it's probably just going to be the uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers and the uh, um, Wisconsin Herd. Oh, yeah. You want to have really good teams at the end of your schedules. That is like whenever you see your schedule like that, people go like, ooh, we're really in the schedule the, the year off hard. No, 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 no. You, you want those games. You want teams that are just giving up and resting. Exactly. The San Antonio Spurs. If you can get a hold of the Spurs at the end of the season, that's, that's a really nice one. Yeah, I, I kind of miss the days of, well, okay, not all the way miss the days of Pop being good, but if he could be just a little bit good where he did rest a bit, that would be great because he was just, he was the king of resting uh, games. He got, he got, he got uh, rules changed for that matter. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just, they should call it the Pop rule, honestly. I mean, I don't think they can, but I mean, LeBron's going to try to take it up here pretty soon. Uh, yeah. He even plays versus us. I mean, that's another great thing. We got the Lakers at the end of the season. We don't even know if LeBron's going to play. Exactly. I mean, that's the great thing about that. If you want to be optimistic about our schedule going forward, we've got a crap ton of home games. 
Yes, five-game home game stretch coming up, longest yeah. of the season. We only have two road games, one of them being the last in Milwaukee where I don't think they'll play. The way to, the way Toronto has been playing, and the, we also beat them, so that hurts them as well. Um, it should be good. Uh, and then also, <laughs> I mean, we have Minnesota on the road. They just took out a bunch of people. but that, That's got to be an L, though. You have to assume it's an L not- because it's Minnesota. They so they they took out Covington, uh, who else? They took out uh, Jeff Teague, and one more person. That's like, I haven't I haven't been brushing up on my T Wolves news. Yeah, they they've deactivated for the season a couple of guys, but I mean they'll still have those Thunder Killers. But I mean it should be they should be a kind of a skinny team. If that makes any sense. But they'll still have the players that. Like this Andrew Wiggins and Cat that should make it where we could show up and actually compete. <laughs> exactly. That being said, if they if they sent out you know Wiggins and uh, uh, Josh Okogie, I'd be terrified. Yeah, just yeah. those two on, on R five. I don't know. Just just they irrationally uh, make me quiver in fear. Oh, you're you're not lying. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I I agree. I think it was I I think it was the worst loss of the season, and it puts us in a bad spot. And I mean, just well, let me just put it this way: this pod would be a lot different if we would won that game. And I, you know, prayers to Nurkic, Nurkic. Hope everything's okay with his leg. But we would be been a little more optimistic going forward because it would look like that five seed was, uh, you know, in pretty good position. And we're in the eight seed right now. I mean, it's 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 night and day. It's you can't just mess around and lose these games. Like these are key. And it's even more key, like you just said, that we need that Portland matchup. If you want a first round win, which is so key, you don't want three years in a row of first round exits. Especially when you're trying to attract free agents to join you next season. You want exactly. some steps going forward. And I understand a lot of people want to look if you want to be an optimist on this season, look what we can do to get towards the finals. Also, you got to look of what is our team going to be like next season? Because I always say this, this was not our season. Next year was our season. We'll have two years of Paul George with Russell and all of our team is returning except for unless we resign them in Noel, Moore, mm-hmm. and Felton. Everyone, all three, I think are gone. Everyone else is on contract. Patterson's got one year probably will ship them. What you know who might you know who's going to be the biggest addition though to the team next year? The first round pick. Oh, or you could just we could just call him Taco Fall. We're we're <laughs> getting Taco first round. Uh, did he I don't even know if he's projected to be drafted. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> but dude, Taco Taco would get blown away in the NBA. I I can't even like fathom how bad he'd be in the NBA. I just really miss my. Uh, I really miss having a Hashim Thabit type guy out there. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, can you imagine if Taco had defensive three seconds in the lane? Oh God, it'd be a disaster. That's I, like they're talking about it on Coward today. Zion couldn't really do anything versus Taco and didn't do that well because you go in the lane and you have monster Taco seven foot six. I can dunk the ball while standing on the ground there, just waiting. And that's all his role is to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Taco. Hop off the hype, but we really – I think a power forward or center is a must and only thing we're going to do. We're not going to get another position at that at that because we just got Diallo that we're I think we're optimistic with. Coming yes. We have so many um, wings on contract for the following years. Even if you don't like them, we do. And we're going to be really, really skinny with Morris, potentially Patterson, and Noel gone. We're going to need to make a veteran addition and a rookie, and then probably another one at that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting offseason whenever we get to that. Mainly because of replacing a lot of role players. Who, let's be real, I think they've kind of run run out their time and you know with the Thunder, and it's time to move on. But you know they performed well, so yeah, yeah. Talk about replacements. Uh, the biggest news recently is the addition of Jawan Evans. What do you think about that, Bobby? I'm a big Jawan Evans fan. Uh, I believe we actually saw him at a bedlam against Buddy. Didn't we he go did. off for like he went off for like forty? So yeah. that's whenever he was younger, and we really didn't know much about him. Yeah, that was kind of his coming out type of game. Um, but in general, I I like this uh, move a lot. He was a guy I was really interested in uh, when he was in the draft. 
um, thought we kind of had a chance. You know, this was back in the uh, the dark era, the Samash Christian era, when I thought we needed, when we really needed a backup point guard. So I was pretty interested in him. Uh, obviously, his his uh, potential hasn't shone, shown through like at all in the league. But as far as a uh, as a two way player goes for the end of the season, I think this is a great deal. Oh yeah, I mean, he kind of checks off the boxes of what we want in kind of a point guard. We got a guy who he can shoot decently. He's not the best, but he can shoot decently. But his main thing is speed. We want speed running in the fast break and maintain the pace that Russell has whenever he's gone. And Juwan Evans is very, very fast. And he's very good in the pick and roll, which will be interesting to see next year um, how our pick and roll bench will be without a guy like Noel. Um, but for y'all who don't know, he got um, waived by Phoenix as a two-way player. And we claimed him off the waiver. So, therefore, we're, like, picking up his contract that he had in Phoenix. And I think if we're going to keep him as a two-way on the team, we're going to have to drop Grantham. Or, no, 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 we don't have another two-way. No. Re- no, because we got De- Deontay Burton up to uh, full-time. Oh, goodness. So, we had a spot. I didn't even realize that. So, we've got a spot. So, no, sorry, Grantham, you're okay. You can stay along for the ride, buddy. You're good. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And then that's why. So Houston was thought about. They were thought about to get, get him. And that's because they just moved up house, right? I believe so. I believe or so. They had an open, one of those guys, one of those wings that they thought was going to be great to replace Alfaro Camino and Trevor Risa, but really didn't. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a restricted free agent coming this summer. And even though he can't play in the playoffs for us, we can play him in practice, and he can play for the blue in the playoffs right now. Um, and we can kind of see how he does there, and it's kind of like almost an audition to see if like he could be the replacement to Felton next year. Because Felton has no – he's getting to like Collison level where he has no business to be on an NBA roster. No, he's a player's coach. He just shows up – or he's a coach player or whatever. He just shows up, you know, helps – you know, helps the morale a bit. Um, because honestly, he can't, he can't play in the league right now. He had his one shining moment, you know, earlier this season where he went off. That was great. But I, I it's thankfully Billy finally realized that he can't, that he can't play him. So thank God lot- was horrible for us. I was great for Burton, but the, just the thought that Billy in his head, Oh, I could probably play Raymond Felton. No, 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 no. Oh God. Yeah, no, it gave us some painful minutes and you know, time, that would be much better off spent with uh, Deontay Burton, but oh yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Burton fan in his aggressiveness, for sure. I'm I'm a, I'm a big Burton a big Burton boy. We're, yeah, we're... It, yeah, definitely a Burton pod. Yeah, we we are we are firmly a Burton pod. We're really just fans of anyone anyone we saw in summer league. You know, I guess so. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I've kind of eased off the Diallo train, but I mean. I love me some Burton. I think he could get a good offseason, and he could be a really good piece for us next year if he really kind of develops the right way. This dude's a rookie. Like He's a rookie. Say it over again. He doesn't feel like a rookie to me. Yeah, and he had his one year in, I think, South Korea or so. Yeah. But so, so he's like kind of a rookie, but he's a rookie in the league. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got a lot to learn. I feel very good with him going forward. But other than that, I, I say we go with our uh, Twitter questions. Yes, we opened up a mailbag because, as we saw on Twitter yesterday, it seemed like uh, everyone kind of had their final final stand with this team. Everyone's furious, so you know it's time to kind of open it up to the people. I want to I want to hear what everyone has to say. So we ask you for your questions and your takes, and so yeah, let's let's uh, analyze these a bit, Jameson. So our first take comes from uh, everyone's favorite pessimist, uh, good old Tyler. Uh, Oh, wait. Yo, I guess wait, we should go with questions first. Never mind. Okay, so first question uh, from Josh. Why are we trash? Well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you see, you see, Josh, um, the Thunder don't really try unless it's the playoffs sometimes. Well, when Billy and Russell get together and they really love each other, <laughs> they produce trash. They <laughs> mix well. Um, it's I, honestly, there's, I, it's probably an over-exaggeration. Uh, we've got a, in basketball. You'll have your good moments and your bad moments, but it's really easy to go to the, um, extremes whenever something really bad happens. And it's really easy to go to the good extreme whenever we're doing well. Um, we're still poised to make the playoffs. Uh, and I understand momentum is key, but we've got talent here. Let's wait and see to call us absolute trash until we see us in prime time. Play. 
Exactly. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think we're trash. I mean, we had that, we had that, we had a similar pretty, not as bad, but a pretty bad stretch in December uh, or late, yeah, late December, early uh, January uh, where people were kind of reacting the same way, but we were, we rebounded really well, had strung some good games together. Uh, so, you know what? I kind of think, I think, kind of think we might have a, uh, I don't know, a third wind here. I, I, I don't think we're trash yet. I think people are jumping on it too much. Yeah. I All think, right. I think one more thing on this. I think For that sure. people don't realize, um, especially with now the basketball culture nowadays, how random and how inconsistent basketball is and how hard it is to be a dominant team like the Warriors. I feel like a lot of people see that and a lot of people see dominance in football. Football is not the same. You have 11 players on the field, and you've got a very sturdy defense, and you don't play nearly as much. In basketball, you play an 82-game season. You have five players, so there's a lot more room for error. That's why March Madness happens, and it's madness, and the college football playoff is not madness. So it's going to happen, and it's one of my least favorite things whenever something bad happens and or something like something goes some the wrong way, and people go like, oh, he's he's absolute garbage. He sucks. And like, or this team sucks. And I'm like, you just a month ago, they were one of the best teams in the NBA. So I mean, I'm I'm not coming at Josh. I don't know who you are, but I mean, I understand it's kind of funny. But uh, I I'm not I'm not one to go to extreme. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Josh. We are moving on. All right, Ty. Uh, Ty asks uh, regular contributor, uh, Ty uh, Schooner Pod, and uh, you know he he opts in on off the wagon quite often. Uh, he asks, what, uh, what doesn't add up for the Thunder? Why do we always seem to have the talent, but things just don't mesh? Uh, I think the first thing has to do with, especially during the regular season, Billy Donovan constantly tweaking you know, some lineups. Um, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing at times. And can, I know we're, we are not really consistent, but I think overall, if you look at this season as a whole, this is probably one of the, I, I guess, more, the best meshy, team we've had in in a while yeah I, I would agree with you I've got kind of a take on this I'm not I'm not actually convinced what it is but have we ever considered that in times whenever you're in a really rough time and you're looking for some motivation or you're looking for guidance you turn to a leader I feel like we're kind of in almost an identity crisis of who's our leader and I really don't think we can determine that unless we're in the locker room itself but could I, I could hear arguments of Russell as a leader and PG as a leader, and I, I'd be convinced. I, I don't know if we have like a console system where they're like the two head honchos and everything. And as you saw with the Rome and the Republic, consoles really didn't work. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, that could be a thing. We don't really have a clear guy who stands up in the locker room and like this is the guy everyone like shuts up and listens to, and like that's the the guy that gets everyone to rally the troops and maybe if it is just russell russell's the likely guy there maybe he's not doing a good enough as a leader job as a leader so that's maybe they, maybe they have a, a jim boylan system where they have like a like a committee like a leadership committee within the uh team like that thing i've ever seen <laughs> it's the dumbest thing i've heard i i can't believe they actually extended that guy yeah but, Whenever, whenever the, all that business coming out, and the whole team hated him, and then the extension came out, I was like, "All right, uh, John Tay Porter, you are a lucky man. You are just not John Tay Porter. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his crap name? Bobby uh, Portis. Bobby Portis. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah, he he, he just yeah, gotta go, gotta go, Bobby. Um, yeah, thanks, Ty. I appreciate the question. So here's the next one. Uh, this one's for me and. Uh, why does Jeremy the Lobster Grant have the best nickname in the NBA? Um, yeah, take that one. I've never heard this one before, but I love it. I, 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 you know, I'm going to stump for the lobster. You know, he's, Grant's got those big hands, catches lobs, throws them down. It just, it, it, it's, just, it's just weird enough to work. I'm, I, I, for one, am all in on the lobster. Jameson, what's your take on the lobster? So I looked up Jeremy Grant Lobster and put the lobster in quotation marks onto um, Google. And um, <laughs> I guess there actually is some stuff about Jeremy Grant being lobster. I was kind of caught off guard. I don't know how random these are, but here's one from 2015. It's the Below the link, it says, Inside Stuff, Smart Lobster, dot, 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 Jeremy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. 
but I did find a Jeremy Grant appreciation post here, and it has lobster. And um, hold on one sec. It says that uh, the lobster deserves some love. So if that's you, I mean, you're you're starting to trend. I like the lobster thing, but like, what about a lobster? Is Jeremy Grant lobsters aren't like long. You know, they aren't linky. They can't jump high. Lobsters have jointed appendages and like a segmented body uh, for all <laughs> people out there. I mean, like, I don't see what he's not even red. I mean, I, what, what, he's not like like a really pale guy who gets sunburnt. Like, That's true. I, I don't see anything. Bobby said he's got claws. No, he's no, got he's got big hands. I think he has big hands. He, he, I don't know. I would just I. I'm going with it. I'm going lobster, with it. As the claw means he's like he's got like a big old hand, but lobster claws aren't like the claw. Lobster claws are just kind of little pinchers. Okay, well, yeah, well, I know. Well, we're not we're not I not all of us, you know, did did uh did did all the bio stuff. I just look at the optics. Lobsters have the big old claws. I know those aren't actually what they use, but you know what? I'm just going to roll with it. Whatever. Okay. I, I mean, I I I'll I'll accept it for now. I think it's kind of so uh, if it gets brought up again, I, I will not uh, go against the lobster. Uh, so, yeah. So for now, we're just going to tentatively accept it until a better name can be found. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks, Ian. Okay, so next question comes from Thomas. Uh, would you rather have a group of young talent that didn't make the playoffs like the Mavericks or a mid-level playoff talent like the Thunder? Um, this obviously comes from a Mavericks fan. Uh, so, yeah, Jameson, what do you think on this? I know you have a take. Um, I think it's kind of hard if you want to just if you didn't put those team names in there when take out Dallas and Thunder, it'd be a completely different argument. Um, would you rather have a team that is consistently making um, fifth in the West and loses every year, like 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 the Wizards back in the day with like Antoine Jameson, Gilbert Arenas, Karan Butler, you know that team? They'd always lose to the Cavs in the first round. Kind of like I kind I guess kind of like how Toronto has been recently. Or would you rather have a team that's got picks in their arsenal um and got youth and could blow up i'm i'm kind of a boomer bust guy i if i want i want a team that has championship potential um and i'd rather have that than a team that on keeps getting um and their ceiling is not the championship and they keep getting eliminated um but whenever you bring in the mavericks and the thunder i would rather have the thunder because here's my take on the the mavericks christophs brazingis signed his qualifying offer to where next year he won't be a restricted free agent. He's going to just take that $7.8 million or whatever it is and then therefore become If next year doesn't work out to where the point, like, he doesn't fit in the system, uh, Luka drops off, Dallas doesn't do well, and then offseason comes and someone signs him off, you just lost so many of your pieces and so many of your draft picks for a guy that's just going to go away. In a sense, this is almost like, like a Paul George Kawhi Leonard trade. While on the other hand, while the Thunder are playing mid-level, they do have the ceiling of to get to the championship. Now, that is a very far away ceiling, but I believe that there is one there. So I would take the Thunder in that edge, but take the youth in the scenario without the teams. I Yeah, I would agree. Um Especially, okay, here's the thing that makes it interesting is Przingis, we, we know his injury history. It's a little iffy. And now I, I'm not going to count out Kristaps out either staying in Dallas or you know, being able to stay healthy, but that has to be a concern. Uh, Luca obviously is a huge piece. That's a great spot. But organization-wise, the, the Mavericks have known to be kind of volatile at times. Look at what happened after they won the two, 2011 title. They immediately tear it down. Um, I, just don't, I just don't really know... You, you can't really tell right now. And I think that's the thing about the youth, youth that's uncertain. However, with this Thunder team, well, I, I mean, they're clearly – this isn't their year. I think I, – I agree with the point you made earlier. Next year is their year. I've been kind of saying this for a bit as well, um, mainly because the Warriors are going down. And I think that's probably the biggest upside to being young in the West. And the Thunder – they have a smaller window, let's be frank. Uh, after PG's contract's done, that's – probably the end of this iteration of the thunder unless you know we get really close and paul george wants to you know run it back some more but 
age is going to be a concern. Russell Westbrook's contract is just going to get higher and higher as, you know, the, uh, as his deal extends, he's going to get older. Um, it's, it's, it's tough, but for now, give me the, give me the real shot at a championship instead of hypotheticals. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate the, uh, relatively non-biased question. Okay. So here's a couple from, from my, uh, good buddy, Cam. Okay. We're, we got a couple of, sh- a couple questions here. Let's just rip them off. Uh, is Paul George still injured? Uh, as long as he wears the tape on his shoulder, he is hurt, but hurt and injured is different. Everyone who's played sports knows the difference. Whenever you're told, are you hurt? Or are you injured? He's playing through it. So therefore he's hurting, but he is fine enough to play. But whenever you see that kinetic tape, you get off his shoulder. That's whenever you can tell with reasonably he's not hurting anymore. Yeah. I, 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 he's not injured. I don't think he's fighting through anything serious like LeBron's uh, PT trainer said a couple, couple days ago in the uh, Instagram post, but you know what? I think there, you can tell that there's something kind of going on there. Uh, I don't think it's too serious, but Hey, I've been wrong before. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with you, Jimson hurt, not injured. And he also is wearing the kinetic tape on his other shoulder. That was not the strain of his rotator cuff, allegedly, um, that everyone reported on. This is the shoulder that he just bruised and there's just a contusion and it just, it's helping with kinetic tape. So it's very optimistic that he, we have not seen the tape on the right shoulder, I believe. I believe this is the left shoulder now that he has it on. So good. Yeah. And, and he, he looks somewhat normal PG to me. So, I mean, I'm not concerned. Yeah, agreed. He looks relatively good. Uh, we, talked, we touched on this a little earlier. Who's the third best player on the Thunder? I'll let you go first on this one. Okay, yeah, I think I am going to go first. Um, if Steve, I think, back to the hurt or injured thing, I think Steven Adams is severely hurt. He's not injured, but I think he's pretty bruised up and pretty worn out, uh, mainly due to the new defensive scheme. Or else I'd have him third. Uh, did you know he, he, he's really actually pretty high up there in terms of distance run, you know, tracked by the NBA. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with him. So right now, Steven Adams, I don't think he can say he's the third best. Um, my pick's going to be Jeremy Grant, actually. I think he provides a lot inside uh, his ability to, you know, you know, create his own shot. You know, it's not a lot, but it's vastly improved from last season. He can shoot, shoot much better. He's um, there have been times where we've relied on him for a lot of points um, and only that, but I think he still has a pretty solid impact interior uh, on the interior defensive end. He's not very great on the outs- outside, but I think right now, I, I think you got to go grant uh, Schroeder's a close second. Okay. So um, I kind of figured that the conversation would go like this. So I got a little game for you before I get to my point. Okay. So, out of, Okay, let's just say in general, out of um, everybody on this team that plays regular rotation minutes, there has only been one person that are ha- two people that have positive overall net ratings since All Star break. Can you tell me who they are? Two people with positive net ratings. So, if, so per one hundred people don't know per one hundred possessions on offense, how many points would you therefore score minus the uh, on defense, how many possessions would you give up points-wise per 100? I'll go with the, the first one. I'll go with uh, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder is at 0.2 net rating. He is number two out of all the rotation players. There's my, one that's above him. My second's going to be wild. I'm going to go Abdul Nader. Absolutely not. Abdul Nader <laughs> is minus 5.4, and he's poo-poo. He's the third <laughs> rota- rotation player. I just shoot my shot, man. I don't know. It sounded like there was some some sneaky there. Who is it? Bill Nader's defense is absolute trash, so he has no chance on that one. Um, in his offense, he's got one of the worst offensive um, net ratings whenever he's in the game. So that's something interesting to look at. Nerlens Noel has seven point three net rating. Wow. So his he's got a one hundred and three offensive rating and a ninety five point six defensive rating. That is that is really good. Um, for people that are wondering, Steven Adams is a 105.2 on offense and a 110.9 on um, defense, making him a negative 5.7. But why I, – I really do like this net rating. I think it's one of the most telltale stats if you want to bring up anything. 
Jeremy Grant out of is the worst net rating on our whole team out of everyone who plays regular rotation minutes. He's minus six point six. Steven Adams is number um, number two, and then Abdul Nader is number three. Tough luck. It tough is look, tough luck for me. We have one guy on our team that has a net rating positive without Dennis Schroeder's point two. That doesn't matter. That is actually like an honest net rating at seven point three. Now I understand Jeremy Grant has been shooting. This is all since All Star break. I, did I say that already? Yes. Okay, good. Um, since All Star break, Jeremy Grant's been shooting forty percent from three, which is impressive. And you would think with his game and his repertoire, that is just something that just blows you away. But the problem is, or teams are, he's a very easy player to scout. And whenever he gets the ball and his shot's not available, he's going to drive. He's got the ability to pass, but he doesn't usually. And as soon as he drives, flop and take that shoulder that he drops every time, and it's a turnover. He turns the ball way too much in those scenarios. And whenever he can't kind of will his way in the lane, he finds himself useless. And his mid-range jumper has been okay and sometimes, but I kind of it's it's not the best shot. Uh, overall, that's what really hurts his net rating. Steven Adams being number two. With, the, with him healthy, there's no doubt about it that he is our number three player. But the way he's playing right now, he's not. So I'd say my answer is Dennis Schroeder is our third best player from the way he's playing right now, the potential. But it is a no-brainer if Steven Adams isn't playing hurt, which he obviously is, that the way he can offensive rebound the ball, his screens, his screens are by far one of the strongest parts of, our, of this team. You will not see that in any kind of statistic that y'all will look up. All those game winners that Paul George hit, it's because Steven Adams screens. It's Russell Westbrook gets to the lane, it's because Steven Adams. So I understand his net ratings are really bad right now, and a lot of people are critiquing his defense, but this dude is very, very crucial to our team. Yep. He learned from the best, though. He learned from Kendrick Perkins. Yes, honestly, right. I mean, that's yeah, crazy. that's not, a, that's seriously not a joke. I know. Uh, Perk was one of the best. That was people. I mean, look, Perk did a lot of things wrong, but he was the best screener in the NBA. Oh yeah, Stephen has such a high IQ just in general. I mean, even even about as a center, it's kind of hard to have IQ if you're not in the role of Jokic. But he's just a very brilliant guy, and he's got his a good head on his shoulders, and he learns and develops very. Well. So if he can stay healthy, that that dude is very very powerful. Right now, sadly, he just doesn't look like it. He's kind of like he's the Sam Ellinger of the NBA. You know, he, it, once he gets weared down, he's not nothing, any, nothing special. But if he's healthy, he's pretty darn good. Don't you dare put Sam Ellinger and Stephen Adams in the same conversation. No, <laughs> he is not Stephen Adams. Okay, get out of here with that. <laughs> it's like, that That's what I just from this. I'm pissed off. <laughs> I just wanted to fire you up. I want to see what you'd say about that. God, that was a horrible take. <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear more horrible takes coming up here. Hey, man, I was just trying to make a joke about how, how Tom Herman runs his quarterbacks into the ground. I mean, I guess I guess that's we use Ellen, Adam similar to the way they use Ellinger. Okay, I can get that. That's literally what I was <laughs> – I do not like Sam Ellinger. I think he's going to have a kind of crap season next year. He's going to probably be the most disappointed. Seriously, I really do think he'll be a huge disappointment. Uh, the tax is high, so we'll we'll get to this on the Schooner Pod. You know, w- w- once we get back on the wagon, you know, back talking about OU, we'll we'll get to Ellinger and all his you know Ellingerness later. So yeah, that's uh, that's that for the third best. I think you kind of, you know, what you made a better convincing argument than I did. So I'll, I'll give I'll give you that. I'll give it to Schroeder. Um, next question: Who's the best matchup for the Thunder in the first round, assuming they are five to eight seed? Absolutely Portland at 5-4. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's super, this one's super easy. It's Portland, especially after the Nurkic injury. I know they still got Damian Lillard, but you know, hey, we're going to absolutely devour. We would absolutely devour Tanner in the middle. And, you know, McCollum's been a little hurt. I, I have, I'm not worried. So, so let's, let's see this. Who would be the uh, second best matchup other than Portland? So it's between Denver, Golden State, and Houston. And you got to pick Houston. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, Denver's had our number. Uh, they're the best home team in the NBA. And then Golden State's Golden State. So that really just kind of leaves Houston. I don't, I don't want to play Houston. I still think they'll beat us. 
but they are the, the number two option for us. I think we'd give them a better series than a lot of people think right now, but I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't I, I do not want to deal with James Harden at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would, I would prefer to go against Harden than, you know, you know, starting off against a team that has had our number the entire season yeah. or the Warriors. So I'm with you on that. At least um, one, two to one versus Houston, you know? So, I mean, that's some optimism there. Yeah, for sure. And the last question, who's the most important player off the bench other than Schroeder? Uh, I think we both kind of agree it's Noel after that conversation we had earlier. Yeah, his net rating is just just crazy. And the way Steven's playing hurt, you know, we need a center in our lineup. Uh, it's so The two biggest things in our lineup that we need, it's not shooting, to all y'all think. It is a point guard that can play fast and control the tempo of the game and be a leader. And then the other thing is a center who can gobble up rebounds on the offensive board and then catch lobs and set good screens. There's Nerland's Noel for you. Agreed. Uh, and here's the last one. Okay, we, we thanks, Cam. Really appreciate the uh, input. Very good questions. And our last, uh, last question here comes from, uh, huh. Well, this is an interesting take from, well, who? who Jameson? Okay. Yep. Uh, we, were be- we were better with Carmelo. Should we sign him and stretch and wave Russ? Um. Jameson, I, I assume this is I, a different Jameson. I've seen, no, the thing is, I've seen these people on Twitter go off on rants like, we were better last year, even with Melo. I'm like, oh my god, is this real life? Like, like is this crazy? I'm like, screw it. And people are like, we should just miss the playoffs if we can and just get our lottery pick. <laughs> Come on! It's the absolute worst take. I, I think people, they get so stuck in this college football mindset where, their losses or strings of losses, you know, are the end of everything. But teams can turn it around. And I agree with you. Uh, uh, people who are saying that are just ridiculous. Besides, stretching and waving Russ would be completely unfeasible. Un- 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 that, that, that funny. That was just kind of funny one because that was funny. Million times, I guess five here that he's got coming up. Yeah, that, that would legitimately just control the rest of a franchise. For, and we'd, we'd stretch it, is what I said, too. If you stretch the 42 times 5 over how many years, my God. Oh, my God. How bad the team would be. Could you imagine? They would be paying off a lot of Russell Westbrook by the time OU and Clemson played that home-and-home. Home. You're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> Good God. At Lincoln Riley would be, what is it, 50 or something? By that something point. like that. We'd have like a, like a 40-year-old baker. Oh, okay, let, let's move on from that. Let, let's, move, let's move on from that because I'm the same age as Baker and I don't want to think about being 40 right now. That sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here are some of our takes. We, asked you, we also asked you to bring out some of your hottest takes here. And uh, our first take comes from the lead pessimist, uh, our good buddy Tyler. The Thunder are the worst good team in history. I don't know if I disagree with that one at times. I mean, I feel like since we see him a lot, it's definitely. But I always said um, that Orlando Magic team with Shaq and Penny is very comparable to us. I think that one's up there. Very, very disappointing team. Yeah. Uh, and Shaq was kind of like that KD that left, but they never got that PG that we did afterwards. That's a, that's a really disappointing team. Because oh, okay. when you look Go at Russ and, Russ and PG, they're um, – that's nothing in comparison to a team with Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of taking that, that as a uh, season sort of thing, like this specific Thunder team. But in terms of a franchise, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we've, there have definitely be, been more teams to, be, to, to, to have gone far, but still just not really reached that potential. Uh, I don't. I don't think the Thunder are one of them. I mean, we made an NBA Finals. We won countless Western Conference Finals. I think you know. Hey, that's that's as a franchise. I don't really agree with that. Yeah, but this team this year is up there for just teams in general. I mean, I, I completely understand because, like, at when I was talking, I think I was asking you about this, but I was talking to other people. Can you tell me the last time Thunder blew out somebody? When was the last time we actually had a blowout win? Where we completely, uh, the whole game, didn't have to claw back, didn't have a huge run at the end. 
that we just controlled the game and blew them out. Ooh, that's uh, kind of racking my brain there. It's been a while. Um, it's because it doesn't happen. We keep close games, and or we lose really disappointing ones. So all of these negatives stay in our brain, but we can't remember the time that we just blew out someone. We'll win big games, but they'll be close. But I can't tell you the last time we won by like 30 versus somebody, you know? Yeah, I'll say this about the Thunder. They win close, and they lose close. They're, I believe, pretty high up there in the NBA for uh, you know, most losses within a five-point span. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's we. If they lose, they lose because you know they put themselves selves in a hole that's just way too impossible to dig out of. Um, yeah, Tyler, thanks for the take. Uh, next comes from Ben. His prediction is first round exit, six games. I don't think that's too bad, especially. <laughs> that is not hot. <laughs> no, it's not hot, but like you know, as I, I guess I was just asking for takes here. That was that was just kind of like a pretty solid take, you know, just. You know, if if we don't end up with that five seed, I think that's probably the most likely uh, scenario. And I could definitely see uh, it, depending on who we play. Um, if we play, say, a Houston, I think us losing a six is probably a good prediction because I could so see us giving it up at home. <laughs> it just, the way the season's gone, it'd just be that final turn of the dagger. It's like you lose that home game. Like, that'd be a tough one. Yeah, that would be not fun. Uh, thanks, Ben. Uh, next take comes from John, who says Billy Donovan needs to be fired. He's not a good coach. Um, he's not getting fired this year after this year. I think they're going to wait out his contract and then figure it out from there. We just extended him. Uh, like we said earlier in the pod, I think that um, it takes a very, very special coach to impact the game and to therefore win you games as a basketball coach. And I think there's only a couple out there in the NBA, and there's none out there just waiting for them to be taken. So if you're looking for that it factor of a of a guy, he, he ain't it. No, and I don't know if there is a guy who can really, you know, coach and control like a Russell Westbrook. He yeah, just it's more upon the players. Exactly. Uh, that that comes from within. That comes from Westbrook changing. And like you said, to Eric Horn to the Oklahoma the other day. When have you ever known me to change in the past eleven years? So, yep. Yep. yeah. Uh, thanks for the take, John. Uh, the next comes from Blake. Good old buddy Blake uh, out here making, uh, you know, making bracket moves. Um, he says the Thunder need a hero, and that hero is Thunderman. That's, <laughs> you know, it's disappointing. The masked the mass stranger known as Thunderman disappeared sometime after the 2012 finals, and we've never been the same since. I, I, I wish someone would find him again, because it's, it's really tragic that, uh, that he hasn't, hasn't shown up again. But, hey, you know, sometimes here you, you, you have to you – have you either die a hero or you live long enough to become uh, a really old loser. So, so I mean, if y'all are wanting Thunderman back, you're being too greedy. This man came out of retirement one time like a Brett Favre and came out whenever we needed him. So he, he's done now. You're not asking Brett Favre to come back from his Wrangler commercials. He's, he's good now. He's hanging out with his golden retriever in his Wrangler jeans. Exactly. And Thunder fans, Super Thunder fans right now, um, are not doing well with social media. I'm not going to comment on that, and we will carry on. That's true. Yeah, we are skipping that comment. Uh, next, next. Uh, thank you for the uh, take, Blake. Next take comes from Logan. Oh, uh, he says y'all have a unbelievably loyal fan fan base that can't accept that you've already peaked. Peaked? Oh no. Uh... Pe- peaked, Logan. Let me tell you something. The Thunder haven't even begun to peak, and when they do peak, you'll know because that's when they're going to peak so hard that everyone in the NBA is going to feel it. I'm not quite that crazy. I think that we definitely could have peaked, but I think that there's a door for us to keep going up. So um, I'll talk to you in four years, buddy. Yeah, no, it, it weren't. I don't think we've peaked yet, but it's if if we have peaked, it was a pretty high peak with Kevin Durant and Westbrook and you know Harden and all them. We've had good years. You can't say that you peaked until your ceiling decreases below your peak point. Yeah. I, I think I think we still have good days ahead of us, and you know, with the Warriors about to head out, I, you know, I think that's that's probably, uh, you know, I'm I'm not too, uh, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not too optimistic that we've peaked. I think I think we've I think we still have good years, and you know, if this organization keeps its core, you know, outside of you know players, you know, 
talking general manager personnel, I think they can recover and rebuild at some point. Cause I, I don't know. I try, I believe in this uh, organization and I believe in Presti and you know, uh, whoever. Yeah. So I, I believe, I believe in this group. I, I think, I think at some point, you know, we're going to have to obviously hit that switch and rebuild, but for now, you know, I, I, I think it's time to hold off on the uh, doom and gloom. Yeah. So that's all our takes we got. So Thanks for thanks everyone for submitting. Had a great time uh, reading those. That was a fun time. So right, let's do it we'll, again. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime for sure. Um, do you want to take a look at uh, some of these next schedule or next games coming up? I, I mean, I guess I, I don't think predicting them has done us quite well recently. I guess we could kind of just say out of these next, say, let's do like four. Indiana, yeah, four works. Dallas, L.A. I think all, all I'm saying, all of them being at home. Actually, let's go to Detroit just because there are five. And we might pot yeah. them. But just in this five-game homestand, my point is the way things are looking, if you want to be playing the Portland Trailblazers, you better win five of those. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not joking. I'm I'm saying you win those gimmies in Detroit, L.A., Dallas, and Indiana. Gimmies, relative term. I understand the thunder that anything is possible. but And then you got to come up big and win versus Denver. It's it's just what's got to happen. If, if not, you're going to be a seven or a six. And um, the more you lose to Western Conference teams, the more we screw up our fourth tiebreaker with the Clippers. So that ain't good either. So we got to start winning, especially versus the Western Conference teams. This might be a crazy take, but I kind of think the Mavericks might be the toughest of these five games. No, wrong. Next. I just, I no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I just, I look. Lakers giving up. Pistons. What are the Pistons even doing? I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of the Pistons right now. Yeah, yeah. They're they're. I'm just not afraid of the Pistons like at all. I know they're they're doing fine in the playoffs. Uh, probably not going to miss it with Orlando only two games behind them. We have to go well versus Detroit, but I mean they're they're a team that's going to try. Yeah, I I think my thing is I don't know how hard the Nuggets are going to try because they're pretty much have that. Well, no, that's not true. They're 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 in a race with. They are. That was a, that was an awful take. I'm gonna. I might edit this one out. Honestly, you gotta keep. <laughs> that's egregious. What you just said. Oh, yeah. No, that that's pretty egregious. I. That's that's really rough. Yeah. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. I, I forget. I forget. See, here's the thing. Every Dallas time I see trying to tank for a top five pick so they can get their protection off. They, they beat Golden yeah. State by they beat Golden State by twenty and we have issues with them. But I forget that Denver isn't like stuck in the two yet. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know what Dallas is doing, dude. But in in theory, they're another team you can convince that they want to lose. They're a team I'm irrationally afraid of. Um, mainly because that's going to be the first time we wear the orange jerseys at home. I see and it's a two thirty game. So I, I just have a weird feeling about that. There's there's so much about that that can definitely go wrong. And uh, I don't know. Game Philadelphia and we won. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. We we've had good records with them. Uh, last time we wore the orange, I believe we actually lost to the Mavericks in Dallas. But wait, was Philadelphia that Boston game before? Was Boston before Philly? Yeah, it was. What time was that Boston game at? We lost. That, that was like a. That was like a two thirty. Okay, so, whatever. We're at home, though, so I, it, I'm i going to stop defending my awful take and just admit I was completely wrong. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, they need, a, they need to go 5-0. and oh. let's, be, let's, let's be honest, 4-1, and one, I think, would suffice, but 5-0, and oh, if they really want to be that 5 seed, or even the 4 seed if the wheels fall off in Portland. I don't think they will. I think they're good enough to keep things, you know, afloat, but they got to win out. That's... You know, plain yeah. and simple. For momentum's sake, four and one is fine. But if you if you want to play the Portland, it's five seed. You gotta have some blocks fall for you, and you've got to start winning. Just kill the rest of the season, which we do have the potential to. And let's see if that loss versus Memphis lights a fire under us. Maybe a negative thing um, from losing to Memphis will light the fire, rather than we all thought that winning at Toronto would therefore start off a run. So. That's another way to look at it. We'll learn a lot versus Indiana, a team that was a heartbreak loss that we played them on the road. Um, and hopefully we'll want to avenge that. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting, especially to see how they, you know, 
if anything, if we can get any shred of anything going against the Nuggets, that's what I'm most interested in this five game stretch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's Christian going to be broken in, in my honest opinion, our most likely playoff opponent. So um, that'll be a fun game to watch on a Friday night. So, um, and plus during March Madness as well. So that's going to be a really good night for all basketball. Yeah, it'll be a nice doubleheader. Um, I'll be out in Austin watching all of it, so it should be a good time. That'll be good. Well, um, this is a good podcast, Bobby. Yeah, for sure. It was nice uh, catching up, despite everything being pretty, you know, unanimously terrible with the Thunder right now. So, in general, let me just say this. Just don't give up just yet. You can be mad. Just, you know, just this team's not over yet. Um, if it's a 7 or 8 seed, okay, time to panic. But... In general, I think I think you could win as a six seed, and I think you can win as a five or four seed. So, just just don't give up just yet on these guys. They've they've shown that they can kind of surprise in the playoffs if they're the underdog. I don't know. Let's uh, let's not let's not panic just yet. Yep, you gotta agree with that one. Yep. All right, good podcast, Jameson. Uh, for me and Jameson and Ford, who for the third straight week could not be here. Um, Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Off the Wagon Thunder Talk. Make sure to hit us up with uh, that five-star rating. Um, We are five-star men. And uh, you can subscribe to us on any platforms, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you can find podcasts. We're going to be on there. Um, Yeah, and uh, keep an eye out on the Schooner Pod feed. For a uh, little, little, uh, you know, little spring football action, you know, big trip to the Cruden Corner coming up soon, Jameson. Oh my, it's going to be so dense. For people that care about that, buckle in. There's a lot to go over. Exactly, it's going to be intense. So if you're an OU football fan, you know, hey, got to hit that sub on the Schooner Pod too. It's about to get good. So yeah, thank you so much for listening as always, and uh, thunder up.